0: This is
1: Agents Influence
0: Podcast.
1: Most agency owners probably already kind of know this in their heart. Number one, 20% of your agency's clients and most agencies produce about 80% of your agency's revenue. For personalized only agencies, it may be 20% of your clients produce 50 or 60%. The bottom line, there's a, there's an imbalance there, right? Most agencies, 20% of your cares produce 80% of your agency's premium or revenue. 20% of our producers and agencies produce probably 80% of the revenue.
0: I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go.
2: Hello, loyal listeners, and how are you ready once again for another episode of agents influence conversations with Jason Cass and today um, got somebody you know who is uh, new uh, who is uh, true and dear to my heart um, you hear me mention Ryan Hanley's name all the time and there's a good chance you usually hear me mention Brent Kelly as well and today I would like to introduce Brent Kelly now I know a lot of you guys know him there's a lot of you guys that don't because let's just be honest I'm I'm going to say probably 25 to 30% of you loyal listeners have probably started listening just in the last year. I'd like to say that the herd is here because a lot of us early adopters back from 09, 2010, 2011, um, who were talking about a lot of the stuff that's happening today, there wasn't a whole lot of us. And we were out there talking ourselves and me, Ryan Handley and Brent Kelly, we would sit there and talk to each other and think that we have some some stuff figured out. Still don't have anything figured out. But we, but uh, it's, it's amazing looking at some of the things we've done and we're doing today and where we're going with some of the things that we were talking about back then. And today we're going to talk about something what I like to call the biggest lie in the industry. Okay, You could say it's the biggest lie in your mind and the biggest mind in the agency. I like to say in the industry because it's one of those things that like we all think, right? It doesn't mean that's all what we do, but we all think it. And it's something we have to go against. But before we do, let's turn the spotlight whoop, right around to Mr. Britt Kelly. Britt, how are you doing, sir?
1: Mr. Cass, I'm doing wonderful. And as you uh, as you go back to 2009, I realized, man, it's been 10 years. So we've been 10 not, years, bro. Yeah, Ten it's years. been a long time, good time, a lot of changes. Um, and we've Woo. seen them through and Growth and struggles and
2: all above. But uh, hey, it's, it's been great. and It's good to be on with you today, man. Thank you. And it's great for you to be on and we'll discuss a little bit more why he's on here specifically other than he has. It's kind of like a uh, what, do, what do they call it whenever they just give you whenever. Oh, my gosh. Um, whenever they give just give you a, a degree. An honorary degree. There it is. So you have like an honorary degree here, Brent. Like you have a degree. You have an honorary invitation is what it is. Like you just get to come on here whenever you want. Other people have to ask. You're like, hey, Cass, I want to come on here. Even though loyal listeners, he's never done that. I'm just saying he has that opportunity, right? (laughs) I appreciate it. So anyways, so Brent, real quick, not everybody knows who you are. iPhone or Droid user? iPhone. iPhone yeah loser all right number two number two would you uh do you love to win or you hate to lose
1: Uh, I i hear you ask this question all the time and the easy answer is both but at the
2: end of the day i really hate to lose hate to lose fantastic that's cool and the third one um which is what has gotten you where you are today more luck or skill uh, I've got to follow my own advice.
1: Uh, it, it's skill. Can I, can, I, can I elaborate quickly? Come on, it's, come on. It's skill, but it's by putting yourself in the right position at the right times is why you get lucky. So I'm going to answer a little both. But, but skill, working hard on yourself is important.
2: It is true. It is true. And um, the more I asked that question, I was talking with my mentor. I don't have time to go on to it today because it takes a little bit to explain. I spent some time with my mentor uh, on Wednesday. Uh, we got. I took off work at like 12, went and met with him out on my boat. And we just uh, cruised around my lake for literally like three to half, four hours first hour, we decided that we weren't going to drink any beer. Um, we were just going to sit there and just talk about business. And and then as we started talking, drinking beer, it's like there was, it was way more exciting. Um, and so it was way more in depth too, right? Of course. Um, so yeah. No, yeah. So no, we were talking about some of those questions and there was some very, very interesting um, feedback that my mentor had given me that I had never, uh, I had never thought about. And one of these days, loyal listeners, I'll talk about that. But today, Brent and I are on here to discuss the biggest lie. Now, let me just set this up because this isn't really that long, but I just need to let you know that I've been traveling out there. You're going to hear me talk about this. I've been doing a lot of traveling, especially in the month of May, and I've been inside of insurance agencies. I've been at some conferences and conventions, talking to big, some big-time agencies, been spending a lot of time out in California, spending time all over America. And I've ran into about two or three examples. And oh, oh, also keep in mind that I had been in Erie, Pennsylvania at Erie's, uh, Erie Insurance, the 11th largest insurance company in, in America. And they only do business in 12 states because they're awesome. And if you're an Erie agent, say, yeah, yeah, you know how awesome it is. So, what I want you to know is that when you're talking to these agents, I'm talking to agents who have 28, 30, 40 million in premium with one company. I'm talking to agency owners out of South Carolina who have four carriers, and they have about over two million in revenue with four people and two and two two, two producers. There's a couple other stories just like that out in California, and what's amazing is 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 Brent. Uh, we can start here. Um, I I kind of I just want to say this that I was talking with an agent from out of the mastermind. He called me up, and uh, Joe said to me. He said, Jason, he said, um, I'm sitting here with about 2.3 million in revenue. And he says, I have 16 people, 16 mm-hmm. people. That That's mm-hmm. not that What? Hey, well, first of all, first of all, hold up, hold up. Uh, see, Britt, I forgot to do it. Anything that Britt and I talk about in here does not mean that this is for your agency or is not for your agency. We're not saying that you're wrong in the way you think. We're not saying you're right in the way you think. What we are trying to do is, we are trying to have a discussion that everybody thinks, but no one wants to talk about. And we want to bring it out and discuss some opinions, discuss some facts, discuss some ways the way we think they are. And then that's the beauty of Brent is to actually say, hey, here's some constructive things. Here are some things that we teach that can help you get your mind going that direction, right? That's what we're here to do. So you're going to hear me say this a couple of times. I'm not here to offend anybody. And just because I think it doesn't mean it's the way it is, but I want to get your gears turning. So one of the mastermind members, he calls me Brent and he says, because of your video, I got thinking about this. And mm-hmm. I started putting calling a couple of my friends who have agencies of two, three, four million dollars in revenue. And he had some agencies that were just like him, had 14 to 16 people in them. And then he had a couple that after he called, he figured out they had like seven to eight, you know, people. And mm-hmm. and once again, that that number, depending on the lines of business and all kinds of stuff, that number could float around. But what was amazing, and this is the point, is the less amount of carriers they had seemed to be and the bigger they were the least amount of people they had but yet the the agencies who had a lot of carriers and had a lot of revenue seemed to have more people and it doesn't seem it's I I really can't find it where it's not true and so I thought I said to myself This might be the biggest lie, Brent, that we tell each other in the industry. We tell each other that we tell ourselves, okay, that the more carriers we have, the more people we can help. That's true, no doubt. But I want to start with this and we're going to dig in. I think we're helping the wrong people. I think we're trying to be everything to everybody who's a client. But yet when in all regards, in all in all truth, we should be helping our staff and helping us because that's why we're in business. Brent, I know that digs deep and I know we're going to talk <laughs> about a lot of things. So you just start yeah. where you are and somehow we'll dig into it. Uh, in the broader sense, what I'm saying, give me your yeah. thoughts as to why you're here, Brent.
1: Well, l- let me just you had a lot of different points there, Jason. And and, and no, and, and they're all and they're all relevant and important to discuss. And I think just the first thing, and you already said this is, you know, we talk with agencies and, and again, we work with agencies across the country. Brent, I forgot uh, to tell them,
2: tell them who, who you are. I'm so oh, I'm sorry a, about that's, that. That's a,
1: that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I the, yeah. Yeah. That. Sorry about yeah. that. Well, Brent Kelly, we got that part in my name, but I'm a, I'm a vice president at the Sidkins group based out of Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, Fifteen years of insurance production, and then kind of transition, which my passion, desire, uh, what I love to do is just have conversations and coach and 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 help be a mentor uh, to agents and agents out there, just to help them get results. And so, uh, started with Sitkins a couple of years ago, and for those that don't know, Roger Sitkins, Sitkins Group, thirty plus years uh, in the business of results. So it's just it's been a mentorship to me too to learn different things and have yep. access to to different agencies that quite honestly i wouldn't have had access to a few years ago and now i'm working with with agencies at a high level so that's kind of my my quick background overview and and just to kind of dive into just the premise of of what we talked about going into this and when i saw your video uh, on facebook i chimed in and commented on it but first thing i think and you already alluded to this jason is the fact that as an agency owner or leader here's the cool thing about being independent is you get to design and create the agency you want right and yeah. I, there, there are other things out there, but I think that sometimes is missed is that, listen, the fact that you're independent, the fact that you are an entrepreneur, well, you get to kind of choose the, the rules you want to play by. And that's an exciting thing. Uh, it can also be scary, but it's exciting. And to get to your point, I guess, in more in depth of, of carriers, and we could go a lot of different areas with this, but you know, Jason, foundationally, one of the first things that we talk to agencies about, or at least to get them awareness of, is the eighty twenty rule. Right. And, you know, the 80-20 rule has only been around for like 130 years. So Mm -hmm. it's not brand new, right? We're not inventing anything. But how does that work in an agency? So just to give a couple things that we see time in and time out. And this isn't, oh, we looked at three agencies. These are thousands of agencies. But just a few things to think about. And and most here's the thing. Most agency owners probably already kind of know this in their heart, right, if they haven't done the numbers yet. But they kind of go, yeah, you're right. But, you know, we look at it a couple different ways, a few different ways. Number one, 20% of your agency's clients, and most agencies produce about 80% of your agency's revenue, right? So we already have a discrepancy there. Now, I will say this, for personal lines-only agencies, it may be 20% of your clients produce 50 or 60%. The bottom line, there's, a, there's an imbalance there, right? Oh, we true. look at carrier representation. That's what you were mentioning and alluding to, Jason, is that most agencies, 20% of your carriers produce 80% of your agency's premium or revenue, so we got to look at that. We look at our, our production team. 20% of our producers and agencies produce probably 80% of the revenue. So one of the, the key philosophies that, that we have at Sitkins, and again, these are very simple, but they're important, is that two, two main things. And if you can understand just these two things and then begin to apply them, they're really powerful. Number one, I just mentioned it. Never let a profitable producer subsidize an unprofitable producer. And what do you call them, advisor or risk account executive, I don't care, but never let your salesperson profitable and subsidize those that aren't because it'll kill you in the long term. Number two, and this is probably where we're really getting to, is never let a profitable account subsidize an unprofitable account. And that's hard mm-hmm. because that that's hard because the reality of most agencies, and I think, you know, Jason, when I watched your video is and you're talking about the lie and whatever you want to call it, is the reality of as independent insurance agency leaders, we want to help people. That's why we're in the business. Right. I mean, that's a big part. Oh, we want to help. We want to serve. But the reality is you can't help and serve at a high level if you're trapped. Right. If you're Mm -hmm. trapped by not having any time, I'm out of energy, in some cases financial, because we're trying to do everything for everyone. And we just run out of resource, which is our time, most importantly. Right. And so. And that's one of the foundational things that we have. Is and if I talk to most insurance agencies and their leaders and their sales professionals or service team, I say, "How much do you like working with your best clients?" Oh, love it! Great, love the relationship. We have deep conversations. And back to you know, how much do you like working with your best carriers? Oh, it's great. We have good relationships. It's fun. We know each other well. If there's a claim issue, we know they got our back. We can have real conversations. All those kind of things, right? It comes back to relationship business. Yet. How much time are we really devoting to those relationships? And typically, it's way less than the accounts that are probably pulling us back. True. Or, or the carrier relationships that may be holding us back. Because, well, you know, Jason, I have this carrier because I had to write this monoline trailer three years ago. And so we just got this market and now we still have it. Well, why? Ooh. You know, what is it really doing? So I know I'm probably going a bunch of different directions Maybe for your not. question. But, but just to kind of tee that off, that's what we see. And I think just to kind of go back to the 80 First off, if you're listening to this, and you have not run eighty twenty for your agency, whether it's on your clients or on your carriers. Just start with those two. Um, you're missing an opportunity because most people go, "Yeah, I, I, I know that we have clients that produce more revenue," but sometimes when you see it visually, it becomes real. Yeah, and you actually look at it and go, "What am I doing?" And so that's the first thing I would tell any agency owner because. The first aspect is awareness. Now, the next part's the hard part. What are we going to do about it? And how are we, we going to change our philosophy? Are we going to change our attitude? Are we going to change our actual strategies and processes for that? Well, that's up to the agency owner. And, and again, it's not right for everybody, mm-hmm. but I think those that get it and really want to get the freedom, I th- just one more thing. I know I'm kind of going on a rant here, but w- one that's of the things I talk to agency leaders about is what do you really want? Like, what do you really want? Because here's here's the thing, too. You say, Jason, all the time. I've heard you for ten years. You know, we've had a long friendship. Mm-hmm. And you said from the beginning, and you know, when I'm in my production days, and you're running the agencies. All things we're doing, you're like, this is the greatest industry God's ever created. Amen. Right? right? It's an amazing industry, it, and, and so much opportunity, so much opportunity. So the question is, what do you really want? Because most agency leaders are probably, we always say this in our camps, how many are making more money than, than your family, your friends, or people that you grew up with? Or you know, we always joke, how many are making more money than those people that have a real job? Mm-hmm. And everybody always laughs because in many cases, you probably are because it's a great business. But at the same time, we can get trapped. And mainly we get trapped in the fact that we're doing all this stuff and we're running a million miles an hour. But now we realize that we have a little money, we have a little security, but we have no time. And times are only diminishing assets. So what are you going to do? And a lot of agencies then to get stuck. And that's what we don't want to see. Or maybe you get stuck financially. Maybe you're making pretty good money, but you can't take the next step. And you're like, well, why? Well, because we're trapped in all these different activities. And maybe, our, you know, back to your point of the, the lie of too many carriers or too many clients that we really don't work well with or don't serve well. And then lastly is relationships, because maybe I'm a dreamer, but I think this business should be a blast. It should be fun. And, and I see a lot of agencies and producers and teams working with clients they don't really want to, but they have to. Oh, we have to. Well, we have to. Well, do
2: you? No, we don't. So, no, we don't. Yeah. No, we and don't. So
1: those are just kind of to kind of throw it back to you is what, I, what I'm seeing. So I don't know if that answered your question, but uh, that's my, no, my soapbox. That I'm, I'm going to stick
2: to it. You took – You took the lie and you split it in half. Now there's two lies. It's actually part of the whole thing. But I never really put two and two. I have because I go to the school of Brent Kelly. But you know, you always talk about the 80-20 rule, which you have many times in our mastermind. And you've always talked about the the 20% of your uh, companies are going to make 80% um but then one of the thing is is 20% of of your of your of your clients are bringing in 80% of the revenue and so that kind of goes to it so loyal listeners they go hand in hand but there's still two different lies that we tell ourselves to 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 make it this one big lie that becomes overwhelming. And some people are saying right now, Jason, that's not a lie. That's the way we like to run our agency. Seriously, no problem with that. Now, if you're non-standard, if you decide, hey, I mean, there's some people that just have the biggest heart in the world who are just like, hey, my job is to help people with it, purchase insurance. Mm-hmm. If somebody calls me and they want a motorcycle policy, and that's all we have, we're going to write that. And I'm like, cool, that, that's okay. you know. But I also want to take the 80-20 rule and say to them that I believe that 80% of the people don't think that way truthfully. I think about 20% of the people say, I don't really want to do this or that. I just want to be able to help people and that's what we want to do. And, and and I want you to know, loyal listeners, nothing wrong with that. Just as Brent just said, what do you want out of your agency? What, is, what are you wanting? What's your goals? What are you trying to do? But I think if we go back to and let's ask this a different way, Brent, let's ask mm-hmm. the let's ask the agency owner, are you feeling ran down? Are you mm-hmm. feeling ran rugged? Is your team mm-hmm. is your culture just something you're trying to get under control and you can't? Is your team unhappy? Are, are, are they running the rat race? Are you really actually making money? Not because you are able to pay yourself $10,000 or $20,000 a month, but is the agency actually making money? Are you wanting to grow, but you can't because your, your balance sheet and your PL don't look as good as it should? Mm-hmm. These are the things that I guarantee you most agents would say yes, and they would say, I don't want to be like that. I think it all starts with understanding then who is the client that you're going to go after. And then mm-hmm. do I have, sometimes you could say, this is the customer I'm going to go after. And then these are the carriers I'm going to go get to make it happen. Sometimes you say, hey, I have already have good carriers. Then we just need to define what that profile is of that customer. So I hear a lot of times, Brent, to once again add to this, a lot of agents say, I like to treat my clients, the way they want to be treated. I want to communicate with my clients the way they want to be communicated. I want to say that I believe that. And I think that's wholeheartedly, but here's what I think they say is what a lot of, um, agency owners say out there to themselves is, well, how, who are the people we have on the books and how can we communicate with them the best? And with somewhat email and somewhat text and somewhat descended in the, in the um, Pony Express, you know that's what they want. I think what we're trying to say, Brent, is you need to step out, decide, as you said, what do you want for your agency? What do you want it to look like? What's the type of agency you want to sell eventually one day? What is that type of client? We could go get those type of companies and then match your services to that type of client. And then you need to stay strict and focused in just going after that type of client. Brent, what say you? Well, I, I, I
1: agree. And, and you know, one of the things, and again, it goes back to you can run your agency however you want. And yep. and I have no authority or right to say if it's, if it's good or bad for you. Only you can decide that. True. But I can tell you looking at agencies that are profitable – that are freeing up time that seem to be getting themselves escaping from some of the traps that I mentioned of time and money and, and working with relationships that are transactional in many cases versus those. That go, You know, I really enjoy working with this client, right? And again, we're going to have some of each, but but the reality of it is, is yes, you, specialists make more than generalists for a reason. True. And that, and that, I could go in any industry, and I can tell you that. Right. And so, and I certainly think with disruption, people <laughs> clapping. I mean, there's, you said, oh my God, that's unbelievable. Really. I mean, I, I, wow. I, thought, I thought we went, Dude, yeah, that's incredible. That was incredible that you just said yeah. there, Brett. Go ahead. Just, 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 just the wisdom, right? Wow. But, but they do, you look at any industry and people acknowledge that, right? I mean, we see that all the time and you could use a hundred different analogies of, you know, why, who makes more, a family practitioner or a heart specialist? Well, a heart specialist. Well, why? Well, because they have unique talents and skills that, that the general practitioner simply doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, every agency is unique, but my advice, it doesn't mean it has to be just one, but you've got to find who you are and what you stand for. I, I, I believe this, you know, 10 years ago, Jason, we first started talking that if you market to all, you market to none. Ooh, like that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of agencies, Oh, we're full service and we do this and we do that. And by the way, every agency says that. True. So what do you, what do you really stand for? And are you attracting the clients that you serve the best? Because to go back to what you said, and I think, again, it comes from a good place, a good heart, especially when I'm talking to service teams. You know, we're talking about every client in your agency deserves a high level of service. There's no doubt about that. But here's the reality is that if I've got someone who's paying 10 times as much in premium as someone else, do they not deserve maybe a little different standard, or at least an increased? Everybody deserves a really good standard, but do they not deserve a little bit more? And what happens is, is that we spend a lot of times with clients, and let's just be real, right? I talked to enough agencies that are canceling for non-pay, that want to be remarketed for everything, the premium went up, whatever, 2%, now we're mad, reshopping, you have to do this, and we spend our wheels and our time and our energy, and we're moving around 1,000 miles an hour for this type of client, but well, we've got this, you know, we've got a number of really good clients and good relationships that we have the opportunity to proactively touch. And, and again, whether you and, and talk about communication, how they want to be communicated with, understand what they really want, and then be able to replicate those clients in ways because not only are they the most profitable, we enjoy working with them. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's just a lot of factors to that. And here's something I always tell, uh, this is in personal life. This is in business. And I've learned this and I continue to learn this, you know, sometimes the hard way, especially with my own family is that when you say yes to something, you are automatically saying no to something else. True, There's just no way around it, right? I cannot spend time, whether it's me or my team's resources, working on some type of transactional business or remarketing account or whatever it may be. And there's a lot of different examples and also proactively at the same exact time, be doing something with our best clients. I can't do it or I can't figure out how to specialize because again, we all have 168 hours in each week. What are we going to do with it? And so that's my just approach in, in working with agencies is, listen, how do you want to allocate? What do you really want? What would the vision of the agency be? And how can we help you get there? Because it, it, to your point, Jason, you said earlier, a lot of agency owners are working really, really hard. and They're figuring out why am I not getting the traction, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm, I, I'm not delivering a message that's unique and compelling. I, I'm I'm working really hard, but I I'm not building the relationships with my team internally. Our culture isn't as good because I can tell you what I've never talked to a service team in particular that says you know I really like working with crappy clients. It's a blast. <laughs> No, they yeah. don't. You know, if we can free that up, so you know, we, can, we don't have to go all the nuts and bolts of that, but just philosophically, what do you what do you really want, and where do you want to take the agency? There's one law, and if, if I could take just a couple Come minutes, because I, I think it, I, I think it kind of brings us out a little bit whether it's carriers or the clients or specialization. Uh, And I learned this from a mentor a few years ago. I was part actually at a John Maxwell training program and it hit me and I use it all the time because it's so powerful for insurance agencies. It's the law of compensation. You know, I always look at why, why do some people, why do some agencies make more money and go, man, why are they, you know, the, to your point, Jason, you're traveling around and go, why, why are they doing that? And we're not, mm-hmm. you know, or different things like that. And the law of compensation, I'll, I'll make this really simple is three parts. Number one, you get paid, your ability to get paid depends on three things. Number one, is there a need in the marketplace for what you do? And the answer for insurance agencies is yes, yes of course. Right. We need it. Right. Number two is your ability to do it. Now, most people, unless you're not licensed or you're under a rock, can probably have the ability to go out and sell and service insurance and do risk management and give advice, right? Right. So one and two are pretty well taken care of. But number three is what separates the average to good to the great to the best version agencies that we always talk about. And that is the difficulty there is in replacing you. What is the difficulty in replacing you? If your agency or if you disappear tomorrow, would your clients go, oh, my gosh. How, how are we going to keep moving forward in our insurance product or risk management? We don't have this agency. We don't have this. We don't, we don't have this sales team. We don't have this service team. Whatever it is, or do they go? Oh, we'll just go find someone else. They're all the same anyway.
2: Hmm. I like
1: that. And 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 just understanding that sometimes is not high. Then it goes. Well, what do we have to do? Because you know, I can tell you, <laughs> I'm going down a lot of different lanes here, but. It's kind of interesting to me, a lot of agencies, just from a service standpoint and a relationship standpoint that say, well, you know, one of the things that we do, Jason, is we give really good service. Oh, okay. And I said, okay, great. Tell me about that. Well, we just, we're really on top of it. We respond. We're reactive. In fact, we exceed our clients' expectations. I'm like, that's great. I was just kind of jokingly saying now, I said, well, that's, that's fantastic. I said, well, just give me a couple like your best clients. And this could be commercial lines, personal lines, whatever benefits and they'll say, Well, this this client is probably our best client. And I said, Oh, well, that's awesome. I said, What specifically are their expectations with you and your agency? And they have no idea. Yeah. Specifically they don't know. And I say, you know, it's really hard to meet or exceed something that you haven't documented. And so when you came back, I'm going to go all the way back to what you said in communication, how they want to be communicated. What do they want? What are their expectations? You know, one of the things we miss out because we're so busy in this this trap of just doing everything for everybody is, again, we've got first go back to the top 20 percent. Have we really asked them, hey, listen, you know, our goal for you, Jason, is to be a long term. You want know, to have long term relationship and be a risk partner. And to really be a great risk partner, a long-term relationship, we really want to understand your expectations. What are some things you really expect from our agency moving forward? And they may say A, B, or C, or hopefully through the sales process, you've talked about some of these things. And then guess what we do? We document it. We say, here's the things you mentioned. And then we follow up and say, how are we doing on these things? And all the, you know, But we actually have to have something in place. You know, back to how do you want to be communicated? What works well for you? How can we do this? But oftentimes, most agency leaders that I talk to, they have good intentions. I've been there. I want to do all these things. I would like to do all these things with my best clients. I just don't have time. I don't have energy. I'm sucked dry. I'm out of gas. And so at some point, the only way you can free up your time proactively is you've got to figure out what are things that you have to give up or change.
2: And that's the hard part. That's the hard part. So that's where it comes to, Brent. So this, people don't know, but I've really been having, uh, as I've been creating this course um, with Total CSR for the prospecting and sales um, course, I, I just had a sales course, Brent, that I've been tra- training agents on. It's a very mm-hmm. beginner, kind of intermediate. It's nothing advanced and stuff like that. But it's someone who's off the street. You put them in front of this program. They're going to be 70 to 80% up to speed and able to do what they need to do. A little bit of training, tied tad bit of training, and this person can do mm-hmm. what they need. But one of the things that was so important to me as I built this was I've had the sales course for a while but I wanted to create a prospecting course because I hear it said in the in the industry a lot nothing happens until a sale happens well <laughs> I actually disagree with that I think that <laughs> nothing happens until there's somebody to sell to okay because I mean you got to have someone to talk to so that's actually the most important part and so I've been trying to create this and and, and I have and it's it's due out J- July 1st but what I'm saying is is that prospecting has been a big thing to me because as I teach in the sales course that if, and this is a little bit weird, but this is just me, loyal listeners. Someone said to me, what should I do more? Should I sell more or prospect more? I say prospect more. They say, well, I don't have enough time to prospect because I'm so busy trying to sell. I said, well, you need to quit selling so much. I say, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not saying like sell 20% of the time and prospect 80, but I want you to be about 51 to 55% of the time prospecting and about 45 to 49% of the time sales. And the reason is, is my, my theory is, is that as long as you are prospecting, you will never run out of people to talk to. And if you just do nothing, but just try to sell people, you're going to run out of people to talk to. And for any of you guys know, Hey, does that, is that my life or is it not? Does your paycheck look real, big one month and down the next month and real big one month and down the next month Mm -hmm. that can usually lead to that. But here's where I'm going with this.
0: Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A K agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com dot com cast certified
2: so as i'm sitting around and i'm thinking and i'm flying around and i'm sitting in my hotel room by myself bored know what you do when you travel you know this brand and everybody thinks that we're just having a riot of a time but really we're bored to tears most of the time and so so i'm sitting there and i'm thinking to myself so why do people believe this lie Why do we tell ourselves this? Why do we believe that like the more carriers we have, um, the more, you know, I'm going to be able to help more people. And then these people over here who literally are creating 80% of my problems, you know, why do I keep dealing with them instead of the 20% that are giving me 80% of my revenue? You know, why am I doing that? And, and I started thinking, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, the captives Kind of have it, right? You kind of have the captives, let's say, on the left, and then you have the independents on the right. And a lot of us, not all of us, not me, but other people, they came from this captive world and they're sitting there with State Farm, they're sitting with Allstate or whatever, and they're realizing they get this quote out and they're not competitive at all, and they have to turn this person around and send them to the downtown, down to the independent insurance agent who can write anything, you know, and they're sitting there thinking of themselves, but see, they're prospecting. Brent. They're prospecting over and over and they're thinking to themselves, I am prospecting so much that all this business is coming in that I'm having to turn away. I wouldn't have to prospect as much if I was able to write more business. So if I was able to have more companies, I wouldn't have to prospect as much. And then you start getting to those companies and it's not ironic. Maybe you're it, maybe you're not. But these agencies who have a lot of companies and just say, we're here to help everybody. I would be willing to bet to tell you that a lot of those people have an issue prospecting. Now, maybe they're a bad business person. Maybe that's just the type of business that they want to own. We already discussed this, loyal listeners. But I'm telling you that I feel 80% of the issue out there and the reason we tell the lie is because we don't want to prospect. So many things comes down to prospecting. You don't, truthfully, if you look at this in a simple way, loyal listeners, if you're the worst salesperson in the world, but you prospect more than everybody else, you'll be successful. Let me give you an example. You have a 50% closing ratio and you talk to hundred people, you're going to close 50 of them. But if you have a 25% closing ratio and you talk to a thousand people, you're going to sell 250 of them. Now that may not be very efficient. Please understand I'm creating an example here. But what I'm letting you know is that if you are an unbelievable prospector, your sales skills will not determine if you fail. Your sales skills may determine how fast you succeed, but they will not determine if you sell prospecting will. And Brent, I think that the number one issue happens to be we don't want to prospect and it's just easy to answer the phone. And that client that comes in who needs insurance that does not match who we are, and once again, as you said, most agencies don't know who they are, and and they don't match, it's easy to just say, yeah, we'll go ahead and give them a quote. And then we even lie to ourselves more, Brett, This is funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. We even lie to ourselves. Yeah, it's only a monoline home. Or, yeah, the guy only writes me to Mm -hmm. write his workers' comp. But you know what I'll do? I'll just cross-sell and I'll, I'll end up getting it all. It's, I'll just get it. So we're going to start with this and we never end up cross-selling. It's another lie we tell ourselves. What say you, Brent?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you hit a lot of points, and I'm kind of nodding my head here, and just a lot of things to, to comment on. I think overall, I'm going to start with just kind of an overall perspective on this. I think because you're you're kind of hitting to you know why do we tell ourselves this lie
2: or whatever it is you want to call it. What you just don't want to say back? it, but you can say it during this podcast and this podcast. It's a lie. Go ahead.
1: Well, here's, so I told you before we actually started, one of the things, I just, I just came back from a private uh, training camp, a sales camp uh, with a really, really great agency. And I told Jason, it's a, it's a big agency with a lot of different agencies. But one of the things that uh, really was impactful, and this is a, just to give you guys perspective, it's a $25 million revenue agency, right? It's big, get that. But I want to tell you, whatever your size of the agency, whether you're 100,000 in revenue, 500, a million, 5 million, or 25 million, I can tell you many agencies deal with the same stuff. Believe it or not. Oh, that doesn't, you'd be surprised. And one of the things that we went through our two days of of training and the sales manager, great guy, and they're having some really good success that, you know, one of the things at the end of the day that we have to stop doing is we have to stop lying to ourselves. And that's exactly what, you know, it was in front of us because when you start to look at stuff and you're really honest and you have to ask yourself real questions and instead of avoid them or deflecting, them going, well, you know, whatever you go, you know what? The reality of it is it's, it, it's that's there. Right. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite sayings is all progress starts by telling the truth. Uh, it comes from Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach. All progress starts by telling the truth. That's on anything in life. That's on anything, right? It, oh yeah. Because I don't care if it's your personal finances or relationships with your family. You're going am I, am I really, it's easy to go. Oh no, it's fine. I mean, it's okay. And, but deep down in your soul and your gut, right, which actually speaks to your brain, you're going, yeah, something right. right. And, and we can lie to ourselves on it. And so just to take it from, again, a philosophical perspective first, and I'm going to give a little bit of detail on some of the things you said about prospecting. One of the challenges, and it goes, this goes back to the fear, the lie that we tell ourselves, is that we can do easy things right now. And most of us do, and this isn't all aspects, this is outside of even insurance, but it certainly is true insurance, is we can do the easy things now. We can, we can aggressively wait for the phone to ring. Right. We oh, it's going to happen. We can work on every account that comes across our desk, right? Mm -hmm. We can do all these things that, that many agencies do. And it's pretty easy, but the reality of is long-term makes our life and our business model hard. Mm -hmm. Or, or we can go, what are some of the hard things we can begin to do today that are going to be a little bit painful? It's going to make us a little uncomfortable, that are going to make our life and our agencies things so much easier long term, and I'm sure when you go around JC and look at agents that are having some success and some of the examples you gave, they're doing some of the hard things today or have been doing that that are making getting a little more freedom now. Wow. Looking back, and you know, and this is true, and again, in, in all aspects of life, but that's really important. And to go back to your prospects prospecting thing, you're a thousand percent correct. And, um, we have a little, I, you know, I'm using my hand in the air here, but we have a little thing that we, we, we show and it's, I mean, it's pretty basic, but what happens with most agents, and this is true with, with insurance salespeople as well, is that they start off. And the first thing you have to do is what? Well, you have to prospect, you suggest, to have somebody to talk to, to write, right? write your insurance. And then you start to do that and you have some sales. Well, immediately you have some sales, you begin to also have some service, right? You start to do this. Yeah. And what happens at that point pretty quickly for a lot of agencies or producers is that they have the ITB excuse, I'm too busy to go back out yeah. and prospect. Because now now I've got some sales and now I've got some service to do with the sales. And then, as you you said, whether it's monthly or quarterly, we see this up and down cycle all the time. I mean, we can track it and you can Mm -hmm. see it because it gets hot. We do, oh, oh, I'm good now. And, you know, we keep going back and forth. And so what the best agencies and producers do is they have – we have a lot of acronyms at Sitkin's CPA, constant prospecting activity. As you said, the best captive agents, the best life insurance agents, what do they do? They prospect every day. They're always looking always. for somebody to talk to. There's never, a, you know, they don't go, oh, well, today's, I just, I'm good today. No, it's like, that is, that is, the, that is the most important thing. And within that, the best agencies and, and but captive or independent or whatnot, they they build a business on referrals. We forget that sometimes. Yeah. If we do the right things, you can have a referral only business. We I, I work with agencies and producers that truly work by referral only. And some people go, oh, that's not possible. Yes, that's it is. Good. If you position yourself right, absolutely is. But you got to be committed to it. And, and then two other things I, I want to hit on. And I said, I said this. This is fresh in my mind because I, I said it, I think a couple of weeks ago at one of the camps that I did, and I mentioned it again yesterday. We look at most agencies. You can talk about prospecting and pipelines and all the things that are important. I, I, I kind of came up with this phrase. I don't know if it applies or not. But I said most pipelines are really a database of hope. There, there isn't really any proactive activity going on. It's, well, I have some names in a system. Wow, I really like that. I've never heard you say that, Brent. That's good. That's good.
2: Well,
1: it it, it came from, we were doing a a sales camp and uh, the person who answered the question, I don't think she fully understood it, but it was funny. I said, well, how many people right now do you have in your pipeline? And this is a sales professional. And, um, she said, well, my pipeline, say hey, that you're actively, you know, that you're, that you're working with. And she said, well, I have like 6,000. And I said, you have 6,000 wow. people in your pipeline. Yeah. And I said, well, how, when's the last time you've, you've connected with them or reached out or done something? She goes, oh, well, it's been a long time. And I said, well, you don't have a pipeline. You haven't had a base of hope. That's, where, a base that's of where that hope. came from. I love from. that.
2: That's
0: good. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so it was kind of funny and drew a laugh, but you know, one of the things that, that, and again, this doesn't have to apply to you, but just to share some things that we see successful agencies do, it's back to the whole philosophy. If this lie that you're talking about, Jason, and I'm agreeing with you on, it's the idea that at the end of the day, when you do it right, less equals more. I know that's cliche, Mm -hmm. but if you're, if you're really intentional, less equals more and you get more out of less and you have more time in your life. But Instead of having, you know, and again, however you want to define it, I'm not here to change people's sales pipelines or whatever, but I can tell you most people say, well, we, you know, we've got suspects, we have prospects, you know, we have clients or, and again, there's different levels of that. What I really challenge agencies, if you really get specific and you really want to specialize and you look at your 80, 20, and you know, the top 20% and what are the characteristics? What do we do really well? How do we serve people at the highest level? Because by the way, we owe it to them, right? What do we do the best? Instead of having those, we just say, how about future ideal clients only? What if you got so good at what you do and really and this may take a while for agencies but say we want to target future ideal clients. What if you put on your agency wall with your team future ideal clients of blank because we know these are the clients we work well with and by the way they're very profitable. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put some strategy plans around that. And by the way, one last thing on this. Back to kind of cuz cuz it all works together about about the lie. What happens when you don't have a full pipeline or really much of a pipeline of anything, or don't have people with prospects to talk to. Well, what happens is every opportunity is a great opportunity.
0: Every yes. opportunity
1: even when it's not
0: mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Because
1: if I don't have anybody, I'm truly working on and being proactive. If you call in for a monoline home or a, a business who has been uninsured for two years that, well, maybe you'll yep. just do it because I got nothing else to work mm-hmm. on. So at least I'll do something. And all of a sudden, what happens is it just continues to compound because then you build pros, you build clients in your in your agency that really you don't serve that well. They don't really appreciate your risk advice and relationship, and you just go this this crazy cycle begins. So yep. I, I, what you said there is, is is right on. And the last thing I'll say is is this: Could you say why? If if we have some understanding, why don't we do it? The, the answer in one word is fear. Yes, it's fear. It's fear. So and, much is and fear. Because here is all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it, it, it really is. It's even if what I know today isn't perfect or even great, or maybe not even good, but it's okay. If what I know today is average, it's still better than what I don't know that could be great for many it's people. It's true.
2: It's true. And and Brent, think of this, think of this. So like, this is just, just is one of the stories, loyal listeners. Okay. Seriously. Like think about this. So these guys that I'm talking about, they're hyper focused on contractors. That's all they write. When I say that's all they write, that's all they write. I'm sitting there talking, we're, we're, we're doing some stuff. And one of the CSRs call, um, reaches one of the account managers reaches out to one of the owners. There's, there's two owners, two producers and four account uh, managers. That's it. Okay. That's it. And the two owners, they don't even really sell or anything They they're running other things. And the account manager calls in and says, Hey, um, so-and-so sent us a referral, um, da, 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 da. long story short, it has long story short, it happened to be a four location dentist office. That was really, really nice dentist office. The one of the producers got on the phone, picked up the phone and said, Hey, listen, he went through this. You know, we are hyper focused on commercial are on, on, on contractors, but I know that you were referred to us. So here's what we're going to do. We will not remarket your account. We will not. Um, we're not going to go out and try and find the best thing for you. But if you understand that we're going to be here to take care of you when you need, we'll do it on a BOR. And in this case, the guy said yes. But in a lot of cases, they're like, no, I want somebody to try and help me with my insurance. But because it's outside of, of, of contractors, they just don't do it. They just do not do it. And it's yeah. just hyper focused. Yeah. Now, here's the deal, guys. We're talking about some people. We're talking about two owners where she is, and him, the both the owners, are taking home over $500,000 a year. And that, this is not contingencies. They have a net profit growth of 18% year over year, especially last year. They have four account managers. Each account manager is making over $110,000 a year with full uh, 401k, full benefits. Their producers are clearing hundreds of thousands of dollars um, on what they're doing. And that's all they do. And when we're talking about what you said, Brent, I've really never thought about how you do the hard things up front and then it creates freedom and makes it easier on the back end. I mean, as you, uh, that's everything, right? If you want to be a great stern parent up front, sometimes it's tough not to be their friend, but you're going to have a better kid in the end, right? And, and it's that, Hey, be their friend up front and you're going to have some issues on the back end. This, this agency made it, it got dedicated and said, this is all we're going to do. And it's going to be really hard for us at first because we're, Going to have to prospect like crazy to find just the people, but that's all we're going to do. And you can only imagine how many boxes of ramen noodles these people probably ate, right? And and now <laughs> now they're not prospecting at all, and now it's just referrals coming in, and they're clearing over five hundred thousand dollars a year. They have three companies, they have three companies, and they deal with two brokers. That's it. That's it in their whole agency. Now you tell me, as an agency owner or as an agent, right now, driving down the road, swimming in the pool, jogging down the street, wherever it is that you're listening to this, who would not want to have revenue of two point five million? Only deal with one type of business. Everybody's making crap loads of money, happy as can be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know many people that go. Nah, that's okay. I'll I'll continue to write the monoline uh, autos. No. I mean, and so once again, if, if that's the way you think and that's the way you've always done it, I'm not against you. Maybe I'm not even talking to you, but I'm talking to those people out there that know that there's a better way, that are tired of running the rat race, that are tired of not making as much money as they know that they should, tired of not being able to spend their time and their money involved in their community because they don't have any because they're doing nothing but trying to make their clients happy. One of the things, Britt, that we went back to, Brent, um, Tom Baker, one of our consultants, Tom Baker, Billy Williams, to him a main consultant. So then I got. They said to me one time. Um, 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 Tom said this. He said, "Jason, one of the reasons why we do a lot of things that we don't do is because we don't have rules about how we make decisions in our office." And I said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. He said, if you and Travis have a decision that needs to be made about the future of the agency, the processes, the type of clients you're going to deal with, how you're going to spend your money, whatever it could be, you have to have a system of how you're going to make decisions. And so this is the one we created. We have five steps. So first of all, is it legal, right? If it's illegal, we don't do it. That's That's just the way it is. Simple as can be. Everybody should be able to create that rule. And that should be number one. Number two, is it ethical? Right there's a lot of things that we could possibly do that would be legal that doesn't mean it's ethical right so we're not going to do that that's part of our decision if it's not ethical it doesn't go any further number 3 was probably the most important and this was eye opening to me and most people would not assume uh, that assume that this is what it but number 3 was is it in the best interest of the team now I thought that was crucial because I did that's not what I would have put as my number 3 decision but in this agency today we do have that. And one of the reasons why we came up with that was to help the give ammunition, give a solid foundation to the CSRs and the account managers in the office to know what type of business is good for us and not. That was one of our main focuses. Now it's worked for a lot of other things. But we had some understandings of – we had some producers in the office who felt as if it is our job to be everything to everybody. If if J, if our buddy calls in because we saw him at the basketball game last night and he said, hey, I need help with my insurance and you're expecting his auto and home and umbrella and he calls you and just wants the, the auto done or just wants the um, – excuse me, the motorcycle done or just wants the GL policy or the work comp on the commercial side, they knew that that was not business that we had – that we had outlined in our profile, they knew that that our goal was to try and to max and minimum have three policies and try to get up to five policies per client. They knew that this wasn't going through there. So well, the problem with it was is they were being asked to to quote this stuff, Brent, and and the and the, the CSRs are kind of like this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. But at the end of the day, you can't go to the boss and say, Hey, these producers are trying to get me to quote business. And I don't think it's good business because that's not the way it's always been. But when we gave them permission, when we gave them permission to say, you're allowed to make that decision. Is this in the best interest of the team? Meaning is this best interest of who we are going after that really started to give our team like a foundation to say, Hey Jason, I I think we're trying to fo- we're trying to force this account over here and I just don't think that's that's usually what would happen after right after we made it. Now, my team doesn't call me anymore. Now it's just hey this is not good business and every once in a while I get a producer come to me and go, "Hey, you know, uh, this we need to make an exception because of this and that." And I'm not saying we don't make exceptions here or there. There's there's scenarios, sure. right? But majority of the time I want to hear the whole scenario before we're going to make this exception, because one of the things you also said is sometimes, or maybe you said, or somebody else did, which I think is true. You, you attract what you are, right? So, so you, so like, if you have Mm -hmm. a bunch of, if you have a, Mm -hmm. a book full of clients that are not who you want to be, they're going to keep referring you clients that you don't want to have. Right. And so that is one of the problems that goes there. So I've, I've been talking a lot here, but I think it's, It's so vital when I look at these agencies, and this is just me. This is me, Britt. But I look at these agencies and I say, that's who I want to be. That's that's the kind of – not not because I'm going to make $500,000 a year. I want my staff to make $110,000 a year. Right, I want to, I want to load right. their 401k. I want to make them so mm. damn rich that when they're sitting on that beach or whatever makes them happy in retirement, I want them to say, I was happy with where I was. I'm happy with how I got where I am. I can't do that. If I'm trying to be everything to everybody else other than my team.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, well, I, Sorry, I, I'm not again. I know, I know. And I, I I'm, no, I I love it. And obviously our mutual friend, and he's part of your group and part of our group, Miles, yep. Miles Merwin. I mean, I, when I first talked to Miles, uh, when he joined our network, I mean, it wasn't about, hey, Brent, my goal is I want to make a bazillion dollars and go beat on my yacht. Well, you know, Miles no, doesn't like not. it anyway. But but you know what he said? I want to create so much value and opportunity for my team that it's just the, the most incredible thing they've yep. ever been part of.
2: Bam! Like that, That's awesome.
1: awesome. Like, that's what it's mm-hmm. about, right? And that's got to be, you know, again, it all goes back and we could go a million different directions here, but it really does go back to your purpose and why you do yep. what you do. Like, what yep. do you really want? And, and, I think, and, I, and I think that's important because if you don't really know, and it is a hard question, and I, you know, I would challenge anybody. It's hard for me in certain cases to spend some real time thinking about it. We had, a, we had another agency, Jason. It's funny. I, this, is a, 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 this is about a three to $4 million revenue agency and they're growing like gangbusters. They're in Missouri. And I asked a question I thought was kind of an innocent question, but it took them like a month. They were like, man, this is like question really has been beating us up. And I said, "Well, what was it?" I remember you go. You ask us what we want to be when we grow up, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "We're trying to figure it out. What do we really want to be when we grow up?" So it's you know just important to have have that clarity. And I think it's important too, just to piggyback on what you said. Like a lot of times, people think if, you know if you're going to make some of these changes, two things. First of all, is if you're going to you know begin to say, "Okay, this is who we are," so we're not going to be that. You've got to have I love that, You've got to have some process or system or way that you're going to be able to do it. Otherwise, you're going to go back to the old thing because you don't have a better way of – if someone calls in and wants something and you don't know how to respond to that, you're going to be like, oh, okay, uh-huh. fine. And the, other, the, and the other part of that um, – <laughs> this is funny. I just – the team got a chuckle the other day. Uh, Roger Sitkin said this, and we've, we've said it before, but it's funny, talking about like it's not always black or white, right? There's going to be some areas. If, if you've got a client that maybe doesn't fit who you are, but they're like a huge part of the community, the referral source, or you know, there's some relationship there, Right it's not just black or white. No, we right. can't help you. Right. So I love the fact that there's exceptions to it, but Roger always says, he goes, you can have a few pets. You just don't want to have a zoo.
2: Oh, and, and, man. and I love it. it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to quit bringing you on. I'm going to have to bring Roger on here. He's way more exciting anymore. I'm tired of listening to you.
1: I, uh, he's got some great, great one-liners, but I mean, the people roll cause he's like, Hey, you can have a few pets. We it. get it. But you just don't you just don't want to have a zoo. and that's what happens a lot of agencies. you got a zoo and and so this kind of goes into that. And you know one of the things that goes back to making some changes, thinking of what you really want to be when you grow up or why you do what you want to do. Uh, one of a uh, program I went through, a guy by the name of Robin Sharma, uh, maybe you've heard of him, but he's he written five am club and some other stuff. But I love his philosophy on change. He said, you know change is really hard at the beginning, and it is. And he goes, it's really messy in the middle, but it's glorious at the end. And so to go through the hard and the messy, to get the glorious, that's painful. And that's what goes back to, you know, kind of going through some of those fears. So that's, that ultimately is it, is that sometimes we see agencies that go, I see it. I see what others are doing or see what I could become. I see what the agency could do. I, I, I see it, but am I willing to take that first step? That's, that's. You know that's like you know are you gonna are you gonna you know dip your toe in the pool you know analogy or are you gonna dive in and that's that's a hard question and only you know as an agency leader you have to ask ask that question to answer I can't do it for you
2: that's right Brent I appreciate you coming on here it's fifty two minutes I'm gonna I'm being honest when I say this that was the fastest podcast I've ever been a part of I so I usually so you guys know loyal listeners I have like this thing in front of me and it's like got sound waves and stuff and it's got a little timer up at the top well I actually put down the, 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 um, it, this gets recorded through a browser. So I, I put my browser down and I was just kind of looking at the pictures on my desktop as you're talking, Brent. And I thought, oh, okay, well I pop it back up and it said 52 minutes. I'm like, holy cow. I thought that was like 20, 25 minutes. So that is fantastic. That means that we gave some good juice and that means that Brent, I want you to wrap it up if you could, but I want us to understand, and I hope you took away from this. Here's what I want you to know. I hope you didn't get your feelings hurt, but I hope we made you feel uncomfortable because outside of that comfort level is where we start to grow. Brent just said it. It takes that first step. The first step sometimes may be letting you understand that you're lying to yourself by listening to this podcast. Maybe that's your first step. So I want you to keep that in mind. I hope I didn't offend you, but I hope I did make you feel uncomfortable. Brent, wrap it up for us, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would. I would just align with what you said. I mean, I, and I, Jason, we've known each other for a long time now, and and people ask a lot of questions about you know things that we do. But at the end of the day, like, and I, I know it's cliche, but it, but it's true, and it's from my heart. Is I just want to see agencies. I want to see sales professionals. I want to see teams. I really, truly want to see you get the freedoms that you want. I mean, it, there's nothing more impactful. I know, Jason, when you do this podcast or different things that you do through your trainings and, and talks, and when someone comes in and says, "Man, you know that really, that really impacted me," mm-hmm. and I made some changes. That's really, it's really improved our agency. It's improved my life, and and this hit me square between the eyes. And I go, I know I've met, mentioned Roger Hicken several times, so I don't mean to beat it up, but it, it was just a couple months ago we we had a, a networking event with a group, and and this was so heartfelt and so powerful to me. But someone who had been through some different stuff. And it's not about just what we coached. It's not not about us. It's about people doing the stuff that they want to do, right. Implementing through things. But at the end of the day, I said, what really, what really happened? He said, you gave me my life back. You know, I have, I got my life back. And, and so I don't say anything out of, you know, trying to point fingers or you need to do this. You have to do this. You got to make that decision for yourself. But I know, you know, speaking for Jason uh, or Jason, you can speak for yourself. Um, but I, I know that, you know, both of us come from a heart of helping people succeed. There's nothing more powerful than that. So uh, I'll just say this. If, if I don't, I know you'll reach out to Jason. If I can ever help yeah. you, you want to shoot me an email or just have something on your mind. Uh, I'd love to reach out to you because it is my passion. Address, give me your email address email address and all the contact yeah, information. Sure. It's just. Yeah, it's Brent, just B-R-E-N-T, brent at sitkins.com, S-I-T-K-I-N-S, so brent at sitkins.com, and just shoot
2: me an email, shout out, I'd love to hear from you and see how I can help you. Yeah, fantastic. Brent, I appreciate you coming on, thank you for helping me unwrap this, and uh, to all you loyal listeners out there, I echo what Brent just said there, we're just doing this to try and get you to think differently. Because we want you to have a better life than you ever anticipated having with is more money than you ever anticipated. But most importantly, to be able to have the freedom to do what you want and spend the time with your family that they deserve. One of the things I I don't want to I don't want to get religious on you because that's not what I am. I'm a spiritual man. But one of the things that it took me a while to understand, and I think it goes with the same principle. Usually a lot of spiritual things do. And it had to do with the fact that sometimes people don't want to become, they don't want to get involved with God or Jesus, whatever it could possibly be, because they say, I don't want to lose my freedom when actually the freedom is found in them. Sometimes as an agency owners, we say, I don't want to lose my freedom. I want to be able to be who I am when in in reality, you're actually chained. And it's taking the freedom of saying, we're going to decide who we are and what we're about, and we're going to live and build our agency this way. That's actually where the freedom comes from. So don't fool yourself. The freedom is when you think about other people and not the clients. Think about your staff. How do you give them? How do you do the the, the Miles Merwin way? Because that's the way that's going to, to lead to your freedom that you're really trying to find every day. This has been Jason Cass. With Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with Jason Cass. And today we had a conversation with the one and only Brent Kelly of the Sitkins Group. Until next time, loyal listeners, this is Jason Cass, and I'm out.
0: Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? It's time you switch to a solution that keeps the team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary VoIP system designed to elevate your business communications to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection, you get feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs, whether it's video conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding. Lightspeed Voice, they've got you covered. They got my agency covered at the Insurance Alliance. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers a seamless integration, making the switch to our VoIP system a breeze. Our expert support team, that's what they're known for, is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and efficient transition for your business. That's right. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool. It's a strategic investment in your business success. It is. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. It's a win-win and it is. You can put that money somewhere else. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. Visit our website or call now to schedule a demo. And see firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communications. Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync. CAS approved.